The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome into the Mark and Linda podcast. Much to be discussed today. As usual, we have for you, well, I would say we have comments, but we don't. And I'll explain. On this day in history, what year is it? Plus, today is Friday the 13th. So we have Friday 13th fun facts. Today is also National M&M Day. How does one go about getting a national day? We'll run through the top 10 favorite M&M styles. In the Stone, I'm going to introduce you to Leonid and Friends. I think you'll like this. What stand-up comic did Barbara Walters have an affair with? God, I love it. Guess what the big Halloween costume is this year? The five types of friends you need in your life, and I'm going to get this for a Lenny, there is a proper number of times that we wipe our butts. Now, we were having technical difficulties right before because um, Linda is not with us today. Last week, as you know, on the program, talked about how sick I'd been with a cold. As it turned out, it wasn't a cold. It was COVID. And uh, so I've had it for the first time. What, three years, four years? Never got it. Now I have. I can report that for me, it was like a really bad cold. I had temperature and The one thing different from a cold, I was excessively fatigued, had to nap, didn't have a choice. Now Linda's got it. She's in the throes of it. And she, unlike me, has had no temperature. However, she has uh, a stomach. Uh, She's nauseous. So she's upstairs rehabbing. Joining us today, we hope, technically had troubles, uh, joining us is Bradley, my son-in-law. Good morning, Bradley. Uh, it's me. Oh, hi, Amy. <laughs> Sorry, just a second. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> He's coming. Uh, all right, Bradley will be with us momentarily. Uh, so, so as I said, Linda's not well, so we're not going to have comments today. However, I do have the birthdays. Uh, even though Linda is ill and not feeling good, she made sure that I had the birthday. So today, if you sent your birthday name in, I'm going to get that for you at the end of the program. So we look forward to it. Um, so today, uh, I, I do, I'm, I'm really excited to share this with you. There's this thing I found on TikTok. And um, sometimes I Papa. do. What are you doing, low man? AC. <laughs> Who do you see? Yeah. Who's that? Papa. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say hi? Say hi. My, Alrighty. My first grandchild, Milo, 
I'm, as you can see, I'm Papa. And get this, for Onyx, for, uh, uh, for Matthew's child, I'm Grandma. <laughs> what you doing? Do you count to 10? Should we have him count to 10? Is that really boring? No, absolutely. Knock it out. One. One. No. Oh, he said no. Uh-huh. Three. Two. Oh, come on. <laughs> One. No. Okay. Backwards. Ten. Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Blast off. <laughs> so wait, he'll count backwards, but he won't do it for, I guess he's Hooray. 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 <laughs> oh, high five. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Milo and I will leave you with Bradley. Bring him Give back. Give us one later. moment. Bring him back later. Okay. Uh, but this, this Leonid, Leonid and friends, uh, it, it has blown me away by what they're doing. And I absolutely love this. And I'm not the only one. There are many people that are screaming about the talent that comes out of this, this TikTok. Um, and so I'll fully explain to you and I'll give you a couple of examples so that you can check them out yourself if you'd like to. Um, so yeah, now I have to say this because it was of great help to me. Um, I, was, I was going through COVID and uh, the frustrating thing for me, and again, this is a brand new kind of illness. You know, I've never had it, and I'm used to having a, a cold or the flu. God forbid anybody should get the real flu. But I was going through the COVID, and it didn't matter. As I said, I was fatigued. So every day, I was taking a two- to three-hour nap. And after a week, you know, with a cold, you take a good, let, you know, you rest like you're supposed to and you gradually get better. With this shit, I wasn't. After a week, I woke up from a full, hard nine hour sleep and I was as bad as I was the day before. And, and I got pissed off. I got angry and I, I, I thought, well, I'm gonna go to the doctor. And then Linda suggested, this was before she got it. She said, why don't you reach out to Skylord, Scott Rife, who used to do helicopter reports, traffic reports on the show because they had had it, he and his wife had had. So I reached out, his wife, Lena, is a nurse. And so he sent me her recommendation for what I should start doing. And it was basically, and by the way, before I say this, I've got it. I have the concoction she gave me. It's basically a, a certain amount of vitamin D, a certain amount of vitamin C, uh, zinc, and baby aspirin. The, I'm telling you, and I kid you not, within the hour that I took that concoction, I felt like I didn't have anything at all. It worked for me. And these are standard over-the-counter vitamins is what this is. But she's a nurse. She would know better than anybody. And it certainly worked for me. So I will be the first to shout those praises. And if you get it, then let me know, and I'll share that concoction. Bradley joins us. Good morning, Bradley. Bradley, I see him sitting there, and he apparently can't hear me, and I can't. I fixed it. Okay. And we muted it on, <laughs> not on the mic itself, but on the Zoom call. Bradley, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Thank you for popping in. 
Matt made fun of me last night for somebody asked how he was and he said super and I was like I love that response of super and he says what do you say and I said fine he and he was like Matt was like mad he's like you say fine it's like well, I don't, what, what do you want to know you want me to open well, up the book and tell you well I I will say this the word fine fine is is not good and it's not bad it's fine that's it, what I'm going for I'm not like looking oh, okay. to tell you when right. I say good like you know. Okay. Something well, else that's really annoying is when people are like, "How's you'll be at the market at like eight thirty in the morning?" People are like, "How's your morning going so far?" It's like, "Well, we we're about an hour and a half in, and you know, I woke up, had coffee, and came here." You want you want me to tell you about all that? But Bradley, see, I think that there's beauty in answering honestly when somebody says, "How you doing?" Actually, tell them, especially if they're a perfect stranger in the grocery store. And I don't need to tell them anything. No, Bradley, I know that you did. I mean, for someone to speak to Bradley, he's horrified because that means he has to respond. Just Where, leave me alone. And Yeah, yeah. See, that's him. And that's not me. Uh, I, I do get great joy. For example, I've and I've done it when I'm in the mood to see weirdness. Somebody will say, a perfect stranger will say, how you doing? And I'll be honest and say, well, I slept okay, but... I've got this thing on my butt and it's not really a, a cyst or anything. I don't really know what it is. It's my butt, so I can't really see it, but it's starting to bother me. And I think it's given me a small fever. The fun that I get out of seeing their face when I answer their question, honestly, because most people expect you to go, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. I'm fantastic. Be honest and just tell them. Matt and I were talking about that the other day about you you can't just say something to someone you want to deliver a joke you want it to land and you want it to roar that Matt was saying some story the other day you you the guy had a hairdo and you were like I'm gonna get that hairdo and then that wasn't enough you were like I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna show you how the hairdo is supposed to look and how yours looks terrible something Matt was telling me the joke, but yeah, my it's standard, not you tell the joke, you need it to land. It's one of my standard go-tos. Uh, I'll go to somebody with an outlandish hairdo. This is a perfect stranger that I'll run into in a restaurant. And I will say to them, you know, I've been thinking of doing that with my hair. Do you think that would look good? And it always hits. It always, I always get a giggle. Now, having said that, my entire family, all of them, everybody is horrified when I do this. They just want to climb under a rock. And I don't care. I enjoy it. And I've become quite good at reading people. I can tell the ones that are going to enjoy my bullshit and the ones that aren't. Most times I will turn away because I know it's not going to work. But the ones that I think I got a good shot at, I toss it. And what Bradley said is true. But again, every single person in my they just like act like they're not with me. And so I get a big kick and it doesn't stop me from doing what it is that I do. Now, Bradley. Yes. Before we do anything, let's discuss this because there's a reason, there's an answer to this. As everybody knows, there is a SAG strike. Now, the Writers Guild, they have accepted their deal. They have a new deal. I read last night where negotiations between SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, and the studios have stopped. They're not talking. Yet Bradley is an actor and he works on a soap opera. And later today, he has to go to work. 
And you may be wondering, as did I, I had to look it up. You may be wondering, wait a minute, how can there be a Screen Actors Guild strike, but Bradley's going to work? How is the, how is the soap in production? And the answer is simple. Bradley, do you know the answer? It's a daytime show. It's a completely different contract. I don't fully understand it. It is. It is a separate kind of a deal where even though your show is a member of SAG, there is a separate kind of agreement for not only soaps, but for game shows. And there's some others that fit in there, but they are legally allowed to continue production without being in default with the union. And I mean, so, I, I don't fully understand it with the soap because that is a scripted thing, but that's a, yeah, a whole different contract of a daytime thing. But game shows, you know, reality shows, music videos, there are still a handful of things still filming. But yeah, the soap was like, you know, one of anything that is a scripted show that actors can still work on. That's wild that, you know, I agree. I'm there that, every, I'm, I agree that it is odd. It's odd that you can still be in production because what you said is true. It is scripted. It does employ actors to do. So you would think that it would be in default, but it isn't. There is a separate agreement. So the bold and the beautiful, which is what Bradley works on. Now, Bradley, tell everybody what you do on the show. I am a Forrester employee. There, you know, I, I work for the Forrester Creations company that they have on the show. And I am an employee of that show. And I have been doing that for a while now. Bradley, you've talked a lot and you haven't explained what it is that you do on the show. I'm a background actor. Okay, perfect. Bradley's a background actor. Now, I, we will gather around uh, as a family and we'll watch Bradley sit at a bar behind the actors that are having the scene. I've done some Young and the Restless, and yeah, that's where I'm in the back of the coffee shop, and Linda can see me, and Linda, I haven't done it. I did that pre-COVID. Post-COVID, things are tighter and different, and I don't fully understand it all. But yeah, I was doing Young and the Restless every once in a while, and Linda would text me. She's like, it's wild. I've been watching this show for years, and there you are in my coffee shop. Uh, now, you did at one point have lines, did you not? I have done some lines on Bold and the Beautiful, yes. And how did that go? How did you feel it went? Uh, great. It's it's wild that every time, you know, I, I've done it a handful of times, five or six times. And every time it would come, I would get way too nervous. I was like, Bradley, it's one line. Deliver the line. They're, what they say is true. One line is so much harder than a hundred lines. Maybe just that, you know, you're you're going to get in the groove of it and you know what you're as opposed to I've got this one. And it's like there's a lot of pressure. There's also I mean, there's pressure on every set, but there is pressure on that soap set. They film 30 minutes every day. YNR films an hour every day. It's not that, you know, I feel like the stereotype of like soaps. It's like, you know, oh, they're, it, it's like melodramatic. And this it's like that they don't have we've got to film this half hour and stuff. So it's like you got to nail it and we're moving on. Right. It is fast. To be on top of it, and we're, we're doing it. Look, in a, in a, in a feature film, um, they will spend half a day on a two-minute scene. You know, because they shoot the master, then they go in close on the one actor, then they go chest up, chin up, uh, and then the second half of the day, they'll do the other actor, uh, master, chest up, chin up, and then they're done with the scene. 
in in television they'll move uh, uh, about half fa- uh, faster pace than that and then in soaps it's bam bam they don't have time because they're they're cranking out 30 minutes to an hour show every single day they don't have the time to stop down like that um, so it's an interesting world and Bradley does that and uh, there is a massive pay scale you'll notice Sometimes an actor does speak, sometimes they don't. The pay scale triples when you've got lines versus what Bradley normally does, which is sit at the bar behind the people that are talking. The pay scale is huge. So and once you, you know it, it's really annoying. You'll be watching something and they'll be talking to a character and that character will just like smile or something and not respond. And it's like, just pay the extra $300 to give that person a line because it doesn't look organic as that person, you know, smiles and didn't respond to that thing because you were too cheap to not just pay that person in the five. It's a big deal. It is a bit. In fact, Brad Pitt told a story the other day. Early, early, early on in his career, he was on some show. I forget what it was. He was a waiter. And so he was literally walking around the table serving people their plates. And somebody at the table, one of the actors who was allowed to speak, said, thank you. And Brad had already planned to try it. He goes, can I get you anything else? Cut! And the director or the assistant director came over and just said quietly to him, you do that again and you're fucking gone. And so he didn't, he didn't, because you just can't. You immediately throw the entire production into a whirlwind because now by law, they have to pay Brad for saying that if they kept it, which they didn't. He wasn't allowed to. He tried it. I admire the fuck out of that. Uh, but he got scolded and he never did it again. Yeah, it would be funny to try it the one time and then they're going to be like, you can't do that. And then, then you give up. <laughs> but if they kept it that one time, if they didn't even acknowledge it, then they're ed- and then editing that later and they're like, oh man, this guy talked. We got to pay him extra. Yeah, no. You, you just, you're not allowed to do it. But anyway, that explains why Bradley is going to go to work later today on The Bold and the Beautiful. That explains why they can work and others can't. They have a special agreement, but they are still in support of SAG, of Screen Actors Guild. Um, Okay, so that's kind of it. What do you say we get into a little bit of business? Because I'm a bit thrown. Linda's not here. Normally, we would go into comments, but I got to move on because we don't have comments. Bradley, we're moving into a section which you know Bradley does listen to this show periodically. So we have for you now on this day in history. 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 That happened and we all let it happen. It was on this day back in 1971, Jackson Brown released the song, Dr. My Eyes. Jackson recalls that after he scored his first hit with Dr. My Eyes, he was touring as a duo with lead and slide guitarist David Lindley. Although it seems weird now, Brown refused to play that song at the beginning. He explains why and what finally took place that changed his mind. I was touring all these clubs, and eventually people would be calling for the radio song, Play Dr. Mize, and I'd go, well, 
you wouldn't want to hear it without drums and the conga and like we were finally playing at a girls college and I just kept yelling for the song and we said well okay yeah. and then there I was playing the piano and David just cranked up the volume on the slide and we rocked that place so bad it was like a very pivotal moment for me I thought oh you can do that story and I put this in the book and many of you read it I can say that because it was you guys who bought it I was uh, fairly early in my time in Los Angeles doing the Mark and Brian program I was meeting a friend at a restaurant in Santa Monica called the Rose Cafe and I couldn't find it no matter what I did I couldn't locate it so I'm driving looking and I see a couple walking along the side of the road and I pulled over and the guy stuck his head in the window and I said, I'm trying to find the Rose Cafe. And he goes, oh, Jesus, it's really easy to miss. It's behind you. Do a Yui, take a left, and it's right there. It's hardly, it's hardly seeable, but that's where it is. I thanked him and left, proud of the fact that I didn't make a scene because the guy who gave me those directions was Jackson Brown. It was on this day, 1973, Paul Simon received a gold record for She Loves Me Like a Rock. When I was a little boy, the devil called my name. I say now, who do? Who do you think you're fooling? I'm a consecrated boy. Singer in a Sunday choir. It was on this day, 1946, the first electric blanket went on sale. It was on this day, 1975, Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor remarried for the third time. It was on this day, 1966, the Beach Boys released Good Vibrations. And the way the sunlight plays upon her head. This was their final number one. I hear the sound of a gentle On the way that lifts her perfume through the air. I'm picking up Good Vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm backing up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. Join me for a happy birthday, actor 
and great guy. Hugh Jackman is 55. Fight with us. Fight with you? Or join the team? Be an X-Man? Who the hell do you think you are? You're a mutant. The whole world out there is full of people that hate and fear you, and you're wasting your time trying to protect them? I got better things to do. She goes with me to a blossom room. Picking up good vibrations She's giving me the excitations I'm backing up good vibrations It was on this day, 1978, Van Halen released Jamie's Crying. This song was written by David Lee Roth. Uh, Jamie's Crying came from their debut album, uh, and it never charted as a single, but 40 years later, it's still one of their most played tracks. They asked David Lee Roth, who wrote the song, why in fact was Jamie crying? I have no idea why Jamie was crying. Just seemed like that's what the music suggested. When I hear music first, it suggests people and places to me right off the bat. And I try and put that into words. Maybe folks will recognize one of them. was on this day 1976 radio star Rick Dees was fired from radio station WMPS because he mentioned his novelty song Disco Duck which he wasn't supposed to to party the other night all the ladies would treat me right moving my feet to the disco beat how in the world could I keep my seat In their very first session to run past midnight, the Beatles were busy recording this song.
was on this day, 1999. The grand jury in Colorado finished their considerations of the unsolved 1996 murder of six-year-old John Benet Ramsey without handing down an indictment. Yes, I'm gonna be a star. And it was on this day, finally, 1973, Elton John released his song, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. He had a couple of possible names for his 1973 double album before choosing the title of the first song on side two as the name for the album. Elton explains why that was. At the end of the day, we just said, listen, call it Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, because that song, the lyrics in that, seem to sum up the flavor of the whole album. And if you don't get an album for the first few minutes, then you're always struggling. And yet, thank God, it was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. As you know, uh, Linda's out. She has COVID upstairs. She was hoping she could at least come down and say hey, but she went She went south right after breakfast. So Bradley is, is here. And Bradley, we're going to do what we always do. I'm sure you've heard it periodically. Bradley will listen. This is called What Year Is It? Oof. Yeah. I'm going to give you a year. No, I'm going to give you a song. I'm going to give you a headline, something that happened in the news, and I'm going to give you a movie. And from those three hints, you have to tell me what year is it. Now, you're a rookie, and this is tough. And so what I am going to do is do you a favor by giving you one major hint. I have three years that you have to guess today. Each of those years, each of those three years comes from a completely different decade from each other. Okay. Watch me get the entirely like, wrong decade, and that'll be really embarrassing. That'll be every week for Linda. So there's just no, this, she has not set the bar that high, to be honest with you. But you guys always do like stuff you know. Are you playing like anything like 2006 that I would know? Bradley, you have joined an old person's podcast. We don't do things. <laughs> after 2000 no you can you can you're allowed to you know play music and movies past I, 2000 yeah i do but in this particular game well i'm not going to give you any hints but did you ever hear a, a what year is it that was after 2000 no but okay. you know who loves music past 2000 linda does you could you know mix it in Bradley, Doing every once in a while. I'm not the one that puts these together. I take them from a website that specializes in this kind of crap. Uh, it is what it is. And I've already given you a big hint by telling you each of today's entries comes from a different decade. You're welcome, Bradley. 
This website specializes in old people podcasts. Bradley doesn't know sometimes when to shut the fuck up. <laughs> However, I will tell you, one of the joys I have in life is that Bradley is one of the shyest people that walk the earth, and I'm very passionate. I kiss all my kids. I kiss all my grandkids. I knew it was coming. And Bradley, I mean, I can feel the tension because I always go over and kiss Bradley on the hair. I know better than to kiss his face. That would horrify him. So I kiss his hair. And it, it's such a great joy to me because it is the worst part of his existence when I do this. And that's why I'm going to double up. I think pretty soon I'm going to start moving to kissing him on the face. And then eventually we're going to kiss on the lips. I was going to quiz you. Do you remember what you said, your last words to me in Santa Barbara? And it was exactly that. Bradley? I was like, what? What is it? And you're like, I think we're going to, you know, have to up this and I'm going to start kissing you on the lips. And I said, oh, okay. Thank you for a lovely trip. Goodbye. <laughs> See, you could just hear it in his voice. Ah, such joy. All right. We clean the palate. I've given you your hint. Three different years from three different decades. Let us begin song from our first year. Movie. Three of our agents have been killed during the last 24 hours. I take it these killings are connected. That's precisely what you're going to find out. My name's Bob. James Bob. Live and let die. And headlines. They're three outs away. The Mets managed one more run, but were unable to overcome the A's losing 5-2 to two and giving Oakland its second consecutive World Series title. So Bradley, the question is, what year did all that happen? 1977. Is that a final answer? Yes. All right. It is 1973. God, Bradley, you're just like Linda. Elton John, yeah, it's a little bit earlier. I was It played Live and Let Die. I was trying to figure out what year that was. My dad and I started the James Bond movies from the beginning. We started these 10 years ago. And we're only at Octopussy. We still have not gotten through them all. But I was trying to picture when and where is Live and Let Die in there. And I was wrong. Did you yet see the last J uh, Daniel Craig James Bond? Did you see yes, it? Yes, I yet? did watch it recently. It was on Amazon Prime, and I watched it like a few months ago. Without your father? Duh, don't. Okay. Don't tell him. All right. All right. I won't. And listen, let's see. Here's this. Yes, Dad. I'm sorry. I watched it. But when we get together, I will watch it with you. But we need to finish our watch through we still haven't even gotten to timothy dalton or whatever those weird 80 the, ones are yeah, those are tough i have to tell you pound for pound for me and i'm not a huge bond fan but i do see especially all the james uh, daniel craigs i love those my favorite i do believe of all time is still casino royale it is very good and you know that there's some in skyfall like the daniel craig movies are very good very different. It broke my brain when somebody explained to me, do you know why they got different and like gritty with the James Bond movies? And I was like, why? And he said, because Austin Powers had come out 
at the end of the Pierce Brosnan run, and they then were like, wait, Austin Powers just mocked and made fun of what we do. We then can't just turn around and spit out the same thing. We got to do something else. So that's why they went in the gritty, edgy direction. I was like, oh, that, that's wild. That I thought it was a game changer. The The physicality of, of the Daniel Craig, James Bond films legitimized it. Because before, James Bond would stand there with a martini in his hand and beat the shit out of somebody wearing a tux. It just wasn't real. The Daniel Craig fight scenes were real. They were physical. They were bloody. They were sweaty. And I fucking, that was when I became a true Bond fan was Daniel Craig. And You I didn't mean, like them? Like, I grew up in the 90s. I liked Pierce them. Fight, movies, and I love those but, movies. But they got kind of cartoonish after a while. Yeah. I just liked the realism of the Daniel Craig Bonds. And it's wild that they've made 26, 27 of them, and like it's we're still just as excited for them. And it's very exciting what they will do in the next, you know, they could end it forever, you know, with Daniel Craig, or, you know, give us someone new. Will they go younger? Will they go older? I hear the woman. Will I they, hear you know? it's Idris Elba. That's, that what we'll see. that's what I'm seeing. They, they've been rumoring that for years. I would like them to do something else. Idris Elba's great, but he's done how many other you know notable characters? Let's do something else. How about you, James? Me Bond. to play it? Right. I am not British, but I don't I think do that love matter. a martini. Yeah, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter okay. if you're British or not. I say. Yeah, it's true. All the British people are playing the American superheroes. Why right, not? I could. Right. I say break them all, get in there and get it done. Let me know when you got that done. Can I have a vodka martini, please? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we've. We've already, I told you, each each year is from a different decade. We've already gotten rid of the 70s. So you, okay. you've got to register in that way. Song, said year. Movie. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. The last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think is to be a hero, but he doesn't have a choice. Bruce Willis, Die Hard. And headlines. Unbelievable! A home run for Gibson! And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. I don't believe what I just saw! I will frankly, Bradley, be disappointed personally if you don't get this. 1989. No, wait, 88. Did you want to change it again? Because uh, I've gotten two th answers. And, and which are either of them right? I am going to go out on a limb because it's you. You're young and you're stupid. I'm going to tell you that one of the answers you just gave is correct. 1988. Is that a final answer? Yes. It is 1988. Now, you know that Linda's not feeling well. Because I'm sure she's listening live, and if she were 
capable. She would have already been down here screaming and bitching. You're giving him hints. You're giving him this. You're giving it. I get none of that. So it's obvious she's probably asleep. She's missing the Bradley. Would she have known when the Dodgers won? And no. That year? No. No. Not at all. I mean, even I was though- thinking 89 for Die Hard. And then <clears throat> I was like, no, I think that Dodgers thing is 88, which I know because Justin told the story the other day. And I know that that is 88 because of the story he told. Well, we had just moved. I mean, what a great time to move to Southern California. We had just moved to LA in summer of 87. And then a year after that, all that crap was how And I went to the game. I saw some of that series. So, all right, you're one for two, Bradley. I'm so good. You can go two for three, but I got to tell you, we're about to enter a difficult period for you. The 30s. It ain't far off. Okay. Song said year. No one remembers your name when you're strange, when you're strange, when you're Strange. Movie. Don't you push me, boy! They call me Mr. Tibbs. In the heat of the night. Headlines. Christian Barnard made history, performing the first ever human-to-human heart transplant on 54-year-old Louis Washkansky. Sixty-nine, baby. Now you say that with uh, a bit of a cocky attitude. You feel strong. I just really wanted to say the number. <laughs> Is that your answer? Yes. <laughs> it is. Nineteen sixty. Seven. No one remembers your name when you're strange, when you're strange, when you're strange. Now, um, you're one for three, Bradley. That's respectable. I'll take it. Yeah. No, that's respectable. You got one. Well done. Um, I did have to change my answer halfway through it, but I did get it. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, uh, you, you did fairly well. And um, Linda will complain and bitch about the fact that I helped you. But, and I, I want to go on the record as saying this. And I've said this to Bradley. I've said it to Amy. I've said it to whoever listens. This guy sitting here, Bradley, is a, uh, first of all, he's a wonderful husband. He adores my daughter. Um, but more importantly, he is the single greatest dad that a person can be. He can't wait to get, and this is the way that it's supposed to be. He can't wait to get home and play with his son uh, and his dog equally. This guy works his ass off at two or three different jobs so that he can earn enough to pay for their life. And then he gets home and it's all about his wife and it's all about his kid. You can, as, a, as a grandparent, as a father, you can't ask for anything more than that. I've said this to Bradley. I've said it to you. Uh, I'm lucky to have him. Then, of course, there's the other side of the coin, my daughter-in-law, Eleni. I could have done better there. But 
I'm not, I'm not judging and I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I clearly could have scored a bit higher on that scale. Uh, all right, I wanna get into this in a minute, but right now, today is Friday the 13th. Now, for Bradley, I sh- and it was Bradley who reminded me I had forgotten, but today is Friday the 13th, the last one we'll have for the year. So I dusted off Friday the 13th fun facts, and I do this for Bradley. Bradley, you ready? I'm ready. All right, let me know if you knew any of these. First up, the British Navy is said to have built a ship named Friday the 13th, which on its maiden voyage left the dock on a Friday the 13th and was never heard from again. The ill-fated Apollo 13 launched at 13.13 Central Standard Time on April the 11th, 1970. The sum of the date's digits, 4.11.70, is 13. And the explosion that crippled that spacecraft occurred on April 13th. Many hospitals have no room 13, while some tall buildings completely skip the 13th floor. Fear of Friday the 13th, one of the most popular myths in science is called Frigatresca Cadelphia Phoebia. And another one is a fear of the actual number 13. I wish they could come up with with a word that was easier to pronounce. Butch Cassidy, notorious American train and bank robber, was born Friday, April 13th, 1866. Huh? That's fun. I like that. Fidel Castro was born on Friday, August 13th, 1926. President Franklin D. Roosevelt would not travel on the 13th day of any month and would never host 13 people at a dinner. Wow. Napoleon and Herbert Hoover were also phobic with an abnormal fear of the number 13. Suspicious diners in Paris can hire a professional 14th guest so that it won't be Friday the 13th. The seals on the back of a dollar bill include 13 steps on the pyramid, 13 stars above the eagle's head, 13 war arrows in the eagle's claw, and 13 leaves on the olive branch. So far, there has been no evidence tying these long ago design decisions to the present economic situation. Happy Friday 13th, Bradley. We started with the 13 colonies, is that? 
why the 13 steps and all that? I don't know. Okay. Happy the happy Friday the 13th to you as well. I've watched the first movie a year or two ago and I was bummed. It, it didn't live up to the hype that I wanted it to. The first Friday the 13th? The first Friday the 13th, yes. Well, it it there there that's the thing, you know, you take a movie that's got this huge following and then you see it and you go well, what, what? Look, at, at the, and it's 1980 when that movie came mm-hmm. out. What they brilliantly did, and I'm convinced they didn't know what they were stepping into, but what they did is they tapped into the inner fear that many of us had who went to camp as kids. Because when you go to camp, it's one of the first times that you stay away from your mom and dad's home. You're out there camping with other kids and you're by yourself and inevitably somebody around that campfire that first night will tell the story of the boogeyman who lives in the woods and you spend the next night or two not sleeping because you're freaked out. And the first Friday the 13th, while it is not by any means a great film, it tapped into that fear. And they're now, I think they've made 17 of them. Laughing, That's a lot of movies. Laughing all the way to the bank. And you know, Bradley, I was in Friday the 13th, part nine. Oh, really? I am Jason Victim, and any actor will tell you it is a, a certain source of pride to have been killed by Jason Voorhees in a film. I am Victim 243. Wow. I have our scene from Friday the 13th, part nine, right here. Oh. There's no need for anyone to watch the movie. You'll thank me later. But here we go. You'll hear Brian and I speaking. We got speaking lines. And then at the end, when the music begins to crescendo, that's when Jason woke up and slammed our heads together and our brains exploded up on the ceiling. Here we go. Our death from Friday the 13th, part nine. Officer down! He's breathing. Let's check this guy at the end of the hall. Jesus Christ! Get the ambulance. Yes. Yes. That right there was brilliance in film work, Bradley. What'd you think? It was really, really great. (laughs) All right. I've been waiting to get to this. Um, I found a thing on TikTok. uh, And uh, remember when you were like, this is an old people podcast. It's only a matter of time until you get to your your TikTok craze. Let's get to it. Well, I am. And and I'll be honest with you. It's the dogs and cats. It's any animals. Right now, my go-to favorite, I've said this, is the three. And I've never seen a human being in any of the videos. It is a dog, uh, a chicken, and a monkey. And whenever they go anywhere, the monkey rides on the back of the dog. I can't get enough. At any rate, every now and then I'll stop down and watch something that isn't involving a dog or a cat or a chicken or a cow or whatever. 
Uh, there is this thing on TikTok, and they it's blown up to because it's incredible. It's called Leonid and Friends. What this basically is is a band, a group of musicians. Most of them are foreign. They don't speak English. And they play these great songs. Many of the songs are brass-backed, a lot of horns. Um, and they get in the studio, and they play live. They learn these classic great songs, and they perform them. It's, and then they would post these videos online. And it got so big that now they're on tour and they're selling out everywhere they go. These musicians that you're going to hear are some of the best professional musicians I've heard. Keep in mind that when you listen to the sample I'm gonna give you, the guy singing this song does not speak English. He learned the words because that's what he had to do. You're going to hear 60 or so musicians all packed into a studio. This is not a studio recording. This is live, what you're going to hear, which makes it kind of unbelievable as to how good they are. So here now are roughly 60 people. There are 12 singers alone that are in this. Some of the singers are also backing up, playing guitar and doing other things. They cover one of my favorite Earth, Wind and Fire songs. It's called In the Stone. Again, this is performed by Leonid and Friends. This is live. Hey! 
What about you, Bradley? You a fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire? Absolutely, everybody is. That explanation of your uh, of you adoring the TikTok, I guess, is what we needed. You sent the other day uh, a TikTok of them doing fantasy. I think you sent, right? But it just like came out of nowhere, and I'm we're we're all just wondering like. What and why? What, what, what? Just that you love this cover of this song. I, I mean, I get we could have mu- figured that out. The but. musicianship on this is breathtaking. It is the, jamming. The fact that all of these, this is live. How can you be that good? There are no mistakes, and most of these people are old. And I'm going to end the show with fantasy. With their fantasy, not not the Earth, Wind, and Fire. <clears throat> no, the Earth, Wind, and Fire fantasy. But their cover of it. Their cover of it. And see, they also do Chicago, the, anything that's brass-based. But they'll do yeah. the Carpenter. They'll do all this stuff. And they're on tour, and you can't get a ticket. So I'll check them out, because I, you know, the, those are all bands I love. Leonid and Friends. <laughs> Now, you'll have to forgive Bradley. He's young and they're celebrating themselves. He's young good and he's... That's a, that's a good run, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, Bradley's young and he's stupid. And he doesn't understand most of the things that he says. Like, I'm going to share news of a gentleman that has passed away, uh, like yesterday. And Bradley's not going to know the song or the group because he's young and he's ignorant. Uh, we did lose Rudolph Isley of the Isley Brothers. I, I've heard of the Isley Brothers, but no, I, I have not heard of the name Rudolph Isley. That's a made-up name. No, it's not. He was the founder of the Isley Brothers. That's a scene in a movie of what is your name, and they look and look around, and they see you know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is on TV, and they go, Rudolph, uh, and then there's like a train station that says Isley, and they say, oh, Rudolph Isley. And Again, that is their- if, you would, if you would forgive Bradley, as I said, I don't really know what he was just saying or why he felt the need to say it. It was just stupid, and now he said it, and now you see. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I continue to kiss him in public. I'm hoping that one of those kisses is going to shut him up and bring something out. I guess it, it is in poor taste to this this person that is dead. The guy died. The guy died, Bradley. Rest rest in peace. Rest but, in uh, peace, my ass. You could give a shit. You don't even there, know who it is. There now, are some names that you hear that it's like, that's not a real name. It's best if you stop talking, Bradley. It, really, okay. it would be best for you, for me, for the show, for everybody. Listen, I'm going to play probably the best Isley Brothers song, and I'm interested to see if you've ever heard it. Okay. Because the founder, he died. He's dead. What? What's his name? Rudolph Isley. Okay. Uh, of the Isley. He was 84. It's a good life. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. The name of the song is Who's That Lady? Is that familiar? Who's that lady? I think maybe you know it. Yes, I think you do. Now do you feel bad? It's this fucking guy. It's a good song. (laughs) 
inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in nearly as big as that lady that lady charted on top 40 radio it, it's Jan, and that guy has an incredible voice uh rudolph mr isley ignore the things that bradley said rest in peace my friend now that you're dead and and not a person See, now you're being rude you made fun no, of me, i'm not being rude. I'm, I'm not being rude i'm just you know uh echoing the sentiments that you shared making jokes uh, somebody who's passed away somebody who's no longer living and you took advantage, Bradley. Jammed song, but a uh, strange name. <laughs> I don't know about their their parents' choice in naming. Um, happy National Eminem Day. Because like what the, the the rapper, the artist? No, Eminem's oh. the Eminem's in a bag candy that you eat. And you're say, a big Eminem fan. I do love Eminem's. Uh, you know, there's no need to reinvent. They got it right. Get it. The, the, at the beginning, they took a chunk of chocolate and they wrapped it in a candy coating. It's just perfection. It's small and you can take them anywhere. They don't melt, they say, because of the candy. It was just perfection. And now they've branched out into many other forms. And today, I'm going to help celebrate National M&M Day by giving you the top 11 best loved M&Ms. This is from 11 to 1. People's favorite versions of M&Ms here on National M&M Day. Do you want to make fun of that? No, I was worried you were going to be like in honor of M&M Day. Here is me eating a handful of M&Ms into this microphone. That's not that a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Um, however, we don't have any at this oh. point. You went through a phase. You were eating. Is it peanut M and M's? Is that your your fave? It was almond, almond M and M. But my, it became a problem because I would sit down in the theater, and I would open a fam. I'm embarrassed oh, to say this. I would open a family size bag, with the intention of having a couple of handfuls. I would polish the bag, family size. You can see that was a problem. I had to put some. Everybody just ran in the room right now. <laughs> Hi. Uh huh. Oh, I see Ludo. What are you doing, Loster? Who is that? Yeah. Who is Papa. it, Papa? <laughs> you want to? Yeah. He sees a red button. That's the mute one. He's like, I'll hit that. And Ludo. Oh. 
Ludo. <laughs> Ludo is like Walker. He's a golden doodle, but he's Ludo is 50 pounds, Bradley. No, 35. 35, and Walker is 19. So clearly, Ludo is not a mini, but the da greatest. Uh huh. What were you doing? Da That's on. He can't hear me or I'd talk to him. And he's, he's just, Bradley, what was the first sentence Milo said to you? A first, because he's at that age where he's just now putting sentences together. Yeah, now he's like stringing words together. What would you say his first sentence was? Your I can tell you what it was. Oh, your dad says he knows. I don't, oh, he wants me, um, what did he say to me that I was wild about? What was it, Mark? It was toys, a certain amount of toys that you were going to give him some toys to play with. And he oh, said, yes, the toys off the shelf. And he didn't want those. And he said, I don't want those. Something like right. that. That was his first. I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah. That was his first sentence that he put together. And you heard him. He counts backwards, forwards, smart kid. Doing very well. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but he is starting to put sentences together. And soon he will be able to fully communicate and he will never shut up. It's coming. It'll never end. All right, here we go. This list of M&Ms is so good, it's scary. Number 11, favorite M&M here as we celebrate National M&M Day. Number 11, if you've had these, Bradley, shout them out and give your opinion. Okay. Caramel Cold Brew. Now, I've never heard of that in my life. No, do you know what cold brew is? I know it's beer. No, it's not. What is it? coffee cold brew i like coffee yeah you should that but you don't do you like cold coffee mm, i mean i'll drink it but that, not really it's like i don't understand how they make it it's concentrated cold coffee so there's iced coffee which is just coffee cold coffee and then cold brew it literally like comes out of the nitro spout and it's stronger and it's very tasty i might like that We'll try it somewhere. And by the way, I've always been intrigued in this. Bradley is a connoisseur of beer. Yes. He loves good beer. What is your go-to? I mean, if you can have any kind of beer, what's it going to be? I mean, you know, I'm I'm a basic millennial in the sense that if I'm looking at a variety of them, I'm probably going to pick an IPA, a West Coast IPA. I'm in Southern California, like the, the heart and soul of hoppy, West Coast IPA. That's what I want. Explain to everybody what an IPA beer is. An IPA is an India Pale Ale. Um, I, I don't know enough about beer to explain how or what or why it makes it, but it's going to have, you know, your Pale Ale like Sierra Nevada. It's a bitter beer, a little bit lower in alcohol percentage. An IPA, it's going to have more hops, more alcohol percentage, something you're looking about in the seven range. And IPAs are so popular. You got double IPAs, triple IPAs, hazies. You know, there's a ton. He gave me one when they were coming here for the summer for a week. He gave me one. I couldn't find it. Didn't matter where I went. I couldn't find it. I finally had to go to a beer store that specialized. Then I found it. I'm sorry. I, I could have sworn I'd seen it at your Harris Teeter that Jordan and I were there. And because Jordan likes IPAs too, we went to a beer store where were we oh the, what's the place at burkdale we went to that wine and beer i went to that burkdale. one they didn't have it oh but yeah we went and picked out a couple of ipas and one of them was jade ipa 
and something else. And that's what I wanted was that Jaded IPA because it's very good. And then there's something at the Panther Stadium that I've had before. Um, I can't remember. But I, I love it there. And there have been a game or two where I've had six or seven at that game. I don't go to the Panthers games anymore because they've not found a way to win a game. Soon as and they you do, were telling I mean, me a month ago, you were like, you should come out and go to a game. And I was like, I don't know about that. Well, at this point, uh, even if we went, we'd still have a good time. Yeah, the, you, you can still have a good time at the game, but it is very troubling uh, what they're doing. Which is nothing. They're finding yes, ways to lose. it is nothing. And now it's worse because the rumor, it's coming out that like the rumor is that Frank Reich and everybody wanted CJ Stroud and David Tepper stepped in was like, no, I want Bryce Young. You know, he's the, the kid from college, the exciting one. And they were like, we're in all due respect, we're the football people here. Let us take the kid we want. And now look at him. Bryce Young isn't, you know, a bust, but CJ Stroud is doing incredibly well. And what would the Panthers be like if they had him? Yeah, I wonder. Uh, now Stroud is in Texas, right? Yeah, he's in Houston. And, and they were supposed to be a dumpster fire, and they're not. They're playing well. Yeah, and Richardson too. If you can keep him on the field, he reminds me of Cam, and and that's a, he's a version of Cam who can actually throw the ball. Yeah, uh, Cam was an excellent thrower. It's just T.J. Watt broke his arm off. Okay, wait. He was an excellent thrower if he was throwing to Greg Olson. Yeah, the, it, it, the, it didn't. It didn't matter where the ball went. Olson would pull it down. And no, you, he had some excellent throws to to Ted Ginn that Ted Ginn wouldn't catch. <laughs> I'll never forget. There was a game in Amy's old apartment, and you were look up on your feet, oh. excited about the touchdown, oh. and he dropped it, and I, you like buckled to your knees in a way I've never seen. No, I, I, I that scarred me because that we all watched. Seven points fall to the ground, you stupid fucking football player. You are played millions of dollars to do one thing. Catch it. And you didn't. Write us a check. All right. The whole Panther experience scarred me. I, I We had a great time <laughs> from 2014 to 2017, but I, I it is a healthier lifestyle that I don't live and die <laughs> by a football team anymore. Kudos to everyone out there that still does, but like uh, it would ruin my Sundays. It's true. It's true. And, yeah. uh, David Keith, an actor, he said something once I've never forgotten because I related, and Bradley, I think you will as well. David Keith graduated from the University of Tennessee, the Tennessee Volunteers. And there is no bigger fan of his team, Tennessee, than David, David Keith. And he once said, he, was, he did a, a, a short uh, role in uh, Mother Ghost, and he showed up and he was wearing a Tennessee tie. And we had him change it because it was just too localized. And he and I asked him, I said, so you really you really are a big Tennessee volunteer fan. And he said this to me. And it's a quote. And I think you can relate. He said. Whatever the Tennessee volunteers do on the field on a, on any given Saturday is what I am as a man. Whatever they did or didn't do defined him. That's a lot. It is a lot, but I went through it. You went through it because if the Panthers lost when we were really following, it would ruin your week. Yeah. And and that's really what it is when you're a fan. All right. Uh, number 10, top M&M on National M&M Day. Pretzel. I've tried it. it. It 
No. They're tasty. I, I, I like a chocolate-covered pretzel, but there was something about the thing. It just, I don't know. It, it didn't work for me personally. I've not tried number nine. I'd like to because I enjoy it. Number nine, dark chocolate M&M's. Number um, eight. I would try it, but. I haven't had it. Number eight, clearly, I have an addiction, almond M&M's. Mm -hmm. Number seven, dark mint chocolate. Oh. Number six, haven't heard it, haven't tried it, crunchy cookie. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Here's your top five, and number five, I'm going to have to check out. Number five, peanut butter M&M's. They're delicious. All right, I got to check that. Number four, caramel M&M's. Yum. Number three, fudge brownie M&M's. That's number three? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And your top two, and they went old school, number two, the original plain M&M. That's not number one? Wow. Number one, peanut. Peanut M&Ms are delicious. I'll have them once a year or something. Halloween's coming up. I'll, you know, I'll have, there'll be a small bag and I'll have, I'll have them and I'll go, wow, Jesus, these are incredible. Now, speaking of Halloween, have you guys decided what you're going to go as? Uh, we, we have costumes for Milo in a cart, in an Amazon cart that we need to order. We have not dressed for ourselves. That is a, a conversation at the moment. And Amy includes you in that conversation. I don't, I, I being a father now and being in my thirties, like I can't picture me wearing a costume. I'm like, dads don't do that. And Amy's like, yes, you absolutely do. My dad dressed up every year. He was dead dad. And I'm like, this, this is not dressing up. He puts a makeup on himself that he didn't like put on a costume. Nobody wants to see a grown ass man in it, like ringing a doorbell and there's me, you know, <laughs> fully dressed in something standing next to my son. Like, Halloween is for the kids. Uh, Nobody wants to see a grown-ass man in some embarrassing costume. Well, I will tell you, Bradley, because what Amy said is true. I was always dead dad. Here's the reason. Uh, I was the makeup guy uh, in the house, and all the kids wanted me to make them up as something. So I would literally wake up from a nap because I was still working at that time. And then I would spend the next three to four hours making the kids up, but they would bitch at me because I didn't dress. So I had one bullet hole that I would glue to my forehead, fill it with fake blood and let it trickle down my face. Boom, dead dad. And there it took go. me seconds to do it, but it got me out of the big bitch dad thing. So. And at a time when Milo can tell me, hey, I really want you to dress as this with me like that, then yeah, I'm going to do it. But for now, he's two. I'm going to dress him in some. I'm going to take him trick-or-treating. Nobody wants, and especially because I now have to stand at the door. In a few years, he's old enough. I'm going to stand at the edge of the porch, send him up. You know, he'll ring the doorbell, make sure you say thank you for the candy, and then we move on to the next house. I don't even have to interact with these people at all. I just stand at the edge of the porch like with a beer in hand. But like for now, I got to go to the door with Milo. Oh, we're back. You want to read a book? I got to go to the door with Milo and nobody wants to see me dressed up in a costume. Would everybody like to read Open the Barn Door with yeah, Milo? Do it. Let's have it. All right. Let me give you some special scary music. Open the barn door with 10 fun flaps to lift. Milo, who says moo? Milo, who says moo? What's this? He just sees the red button on the mic and he wants to hit it. What is that? No. 
That's a cow. What does a cow say? Pluto. There's a lot going on. <laughs> okay. And I drop the book. Let's try the next page. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Who says oink? What is that? What is that? Pig. Who says Pluto? Stop it. What is that? What is that? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> oh my god. Who says nay? Oh, a horse. Nay. <laughs> Who says quack? Quack. What is that? Duck. Duck. Who says meh? Meh. What is that? Goose. Nope. What is that? Goose. Uh, you got the G right. It's a goat. Goose. Goat. <laughs> Who says woof woof? What is that? Duck. Dog. Sounds like a dog make. Woof, woof. Who says <laughs> meow, meow? What is that? Cats. Cats. Oh, you're losing them. Who says cock-a-doodle-doo? Amy. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, he's done. He moved on. The life uh, of a toddler. Well, he was, uh, uh, speaking of Halloween... It's this is no uh, surprise. The number one by far, not even close, costume for this year is Barbie. Oh, I wouldn't have thought of that, but yeah, absolutely. And now that I've seen the film, I do believe that other than just Barbie, I think Weird Barbie will have quite a... That actress, she's from Saturday Night Live, and I'm sorry, ma'am, I don't know your name. She was, Her name is Kate McKinnon. She's hilarious. Okay, she... I mean, well, first of all, to be cast as Weird Barbie, they probably scoured Hollywood, and then they found the absolute right one. She nailed it. She smoked it. And if you've not seen Barbie, you should. It's an important film, and it will be nominated at the end of it. I totally agree. An important film. That's a, a good way to describe it. And a lot of, you know, your audience, I'm sure a, a large handful have seen it. And then a large, because I've talked to a guy like this, and he is very vocal about, have you seen Oppenheimer? And I said, no, I have not yet. I, I really want to. And he's like, excellent movie, excellent movie. And there was the whole, not only I say Barbie versus Oppenheimer thing, but the the and or of it, the Barbenheimer craze that happened and so making conversation i was like well have you seen barbie and he he, sh he looked grumpy and he shook his head and no saw barbie in the 50s when you know when the doll came out and i was like yeah you know yeah and you saw oppenheimer in the 40s when when that happened in real life too but uh it's this thing of like you know the, the oppenheimer is the important male movie and barbie is the fluff movie and it is i i was shocked when i saw barbie how you put it well an important movie it's an excellent work of art well, I'm looking forward to seeing Oppenheimer as well. I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan as a director. I can't wait to see the movie. I just hadn't done it yet. I well, did. You, you you had possible plans when you came here. We were going to see it, but uh didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I also just rented Equalizer 3. Couldn't have loved it more. Oh, really? Yeah, and I can't wait to see uh, Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. I'll watch that. I can see that. Amy yeah. left a dog in here. I'm going to kick him out. No. Well, you're fine. We're almost done, Bradley. Um, I'm going to do this for Eleni. Eleni has been bitching at me because, you know, I'll tell you the things we're going to do, and then I never get to them. Uh, 
Eleni has been waiting to find out <laughs> how many times it is proper to wipe your butt when you go to the bathroom. This oh, is, is this an article or this is your? No, this is one of the. This is an article. Oh, okay. This is kind of scientific, and it does. It kind of dictates how healthy you are down there. So here we go. Because okay. Eleni did openly bitch at me. She wants this article. She wants this. All right, here we go. This is for Eleni. Believe it or not, there is a magic number when it comes to number two. Uh, in a video that's gone viral, an Australian physical therapist identified only as George asks... Quote, how many times do you wipe after poo? He then answers his own question by saying, anything more than three wipes signals trouble. The adult potty trainer recommends a technique called, are you listening, Eleni? Called pelvic squeezing tightening those muscles four times a day to help things along. Guess there's really a hack for everything. The magic number is two. Two wipes. That tells you you're in good shape. That doesn't seem like enough. Well, Bradley, he just said anything more than three signifies issues. You're just drying yourself out down there. Do you... Do you have butt issues, Bradley? This has been a conversation. The, the, the amount of wipes <laughs> issue or like topic has actually been a, a conversation I've been in and people were not happy with what they heard from me. <laughs> I give it three or four and I move on. I don't analyze what's going on down there. Eleni says... Do you look at your, at, at your toilet paper after you wipe? Oh, of course. I No, I don't want to look at that. Well, but but you, you need to see... Like, for example, without... I don't need to see anything. I need to give it two wipes and then I'm done. Well, okay, but see, with, with, with looking, then you know whether another one is necessary or not. How can you not look? Bradley, I would venture to say you're completely alone. Nobody's going to know. What are you, horrified at what came out of this you? Is, it's embarrassing. I'm, I'm admitting this, but I give it three or four. I can feel I'm good. Move on. <laughs> All right, Eleni said two wipes unacceptable yeah two is a little low so more oh god she said i'm at least five that's didn't that's a lot i mean eleni i think you've got problems with your butt you need to figure it out it could be a jersey issue she's from new jersey i mean there's toxic shit in the earth up there in Uh jersey so that could be part of the problem that she's wiping her butt five times they live in a beautiful area of new jersey we need to go there again I did love it, but, but Bradley, you saw Friday the 13th, you know, the town, the town that they shot that movie and the original lake is an hour from a Lenny's house in New Jersey. Let's go. No, we're gonna. Okay. As soon as we get down there. All right. Up there. We got to get out of here. Hang on. I got to read birthdays. Linda sent them to me. I got them right here. All right, Bradley, you're going to do the birthday chicken. Hang on a second. Okay. Hang on.
I'm going to uh, read the birthday names, and after I'm done, Bradley is going to do the birthday chicken, and then we'll get out of here. Okay. Uh, the birthdays today, Kevin from California and Kevin's wife, Susan. Oh. Happy birthday. Debbie, happy birthday. Robert Cohen, Brian Lawson, Todd Bristow, and Kelly Duncan. And now to help you celebrate your birthday, here's Bradley Chicken. Please do not clip that off and use it in a few <laughs> Bradley, thank you for filling in for the sick. Lindy, you did an excellent job. Thank you. Ludo is going crazy. He did not like that sound. <laughs> uh, all right. So as I told you, I'm going to wrap up today's show with another choice from Leonid and Friends. It's another Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's fantasy. I would be willing to say that Linda will be back with us again next week. Uh, unlike me, she has had stomach issues. I had to make her an Alka-Seltzer right before. I didn't have that. But she should return to us at some point next week, healthy and ready for her own chicken. Everybody go. We are closing in on Halloween. Be sure to get your stuff done, your Halloween chosen. Get plenty of candy. Don't do what Linda did. Never got enough. Never got enough candy. We wind up handing out money and Pop-Tarts. We'll oh, see wow. you next week, people. Have a nice one.